everybody, we'd like to invite you to visit South Dakota through the eyes of local Lou. She'll take you on a tour of lots of things to see and do. So enjoy your virtual visit through the eyes of local And welcome to the Local Lou Podcast. What an exciting time, guys. This is my first bonus episode. This episode will um, be about the talk that I just gave at the Friends of the Big Sioux River Film Festival. If you aren't familiar with Friends of the Big Sioux River, a little insider info is it's pretty darn great. They host river cleanups a few times a year. The one that I always tend to go to is on Earth Day, and they make it super duper easy. They have all the supplies there, and you just have to show up and pick up garbage along the river and toss a full trash bag on the bike trail. Boom. That's it. That's all you got to do. Anyhow, when they asked me to give a talk on something based around the Big Sioux River, a few historical markers stuck out to me. But then walking around the Falls Park, I saw a historical plaque. One of those, it's one of those displays with pictures on it and... It's kind of near one of my favorite spots to loiter at the park. (laughs) And so I was reading it and I decided right then and there that I would make Sini Island the topic of my talk. Okay, talk, topic, step one, done. This is a bigger endeavor though than just an episode of Local Lou, so I would need more than just newspapers and a few books from the library. I also reached out to the Siouxland Heritage Museum and Irene Hall Resource Center and set up a time to meet with the staff to go through some cool items that they had relating to Simi Island. While at the Irene Hall Resource Center, I was also able to start the process of donating something to the museum, which I'm still waiting to get the paperwork on that, but I plan on sharing that process with you once it's complete. And how cool is that, by the way? Um, Think of it, there is a possibility that sometime in the future for a display at one of the museums, they will feature this piece that I donated. I mean, that's pretty cool. When I went to the old courthouse museum, they had an opening for their exhibit, Beehives and Smoky Eyes. And I saw a caboodle that had been donated by somebody. And I thought, oh my gosh, items from my childhood are in a museum now. That coupled with going on a tour of the Irene Hall Resource Center last year made me realize that I could be donating things and making myself a part of that history. I had a lot of lead time for the talk, so I gave myself over to it and I enjoyed the process, but I'm not a professional. As you guys already know, I'm just a girl that's really into learning local history, but I don't think I did too shabby here. I did make a longer version of the talk that goes more into some of the details in the beginning of Sioux Falls, but ultimately it got cut for time, which is fair. Sini Island doesn't have a historical marker, so I can't start with what doesn't exist. I did find evidence that a marker was planned at one point, and it seems that the Parks Department may have had a plaque across the river about the island. But for today, I will start with the informational plaque that is now at Falls Park. Beginning of Great Changes. In the city's early days, the falls attracted both industry and pleasure seekers. During their leisure time, settlers and visitors enjoyed both the falls and Simi Island. The island, as it was called by early residents, was an oasis for citizens and tourists because of shady woods. They could wade or ride in a carriage across the shallow channel in the Big Sioux River to the island to enjoy picnicking, swimming, fishing, canoeing, and courting. The beauty was swiftly ruined by industries that were attracted to this area's resources. 
Water pollution in the river and fumes and noise from locomotives and nearby industries were offensive. Rock quarry companies and the hydroelectric plant removed stone from the falls, and a larger dam was built for the hydroelectric plant. These changes ended river recreating, eliminated Sini Island, and dramatically changed the falls. What happened to Sini Island? From where you're standing, you can look to your right and see the land that was once Sini Island. The island is now a part of the west bank of the river. The loss of the island began in 1907 when the hydroelectric plant was built. A higher longer dam was built and the channel around the island was closed off to provide more water power. A few years later, the Milwaukee Railroad purchased the island, cut down the trees, and filled in the closed off channel. By filling in the channel, the island became connected to the west bank of the river. Rail yards and other industries were built on the former oasis. The beginning of great changes in Falls Park, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay, so now that we have an idea about Sini Island, I think we're ready to hear what I had to say to, at the Friends of the Big Sioux River Film Festival. Which, by the way, guys, was a sold-out crowd at the historic State Theater in Sioux Falls. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, I mean, how could... <sighs> How cool is that um, to see your presentation on the big screen at the State Theater? Like, that's so super cool. But then to give it to a packed house was just beyond. And if by chance you were there in person, you already know how this goes. But at least now you can hear it the way I intended it to sound without me being so shy and nervous. Um, you guys can also tell from my voice that I've been under the weather this week, which was a nice little bonus to have the sniffles during such a busy week. But we'll work through it and I will give the talk for Sini Island now. Hi, I'm Local Lou, and I'm here to tell you about Sini Island, an island just south of the falls in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, acres of land in the center of a city. The Native Americans, the people indigenous to the land, had preserved the pristine prairie by coexisting with the land. As European Americans came to Dakota territory and started to settle the area and live off the land, the lands were developed and places on the map began to change or disappear. This progress and development would have lasting effects on the Big Sioux River. I'll spoil the end for you, Sini Island no longer exists. There is no fairy tale ending. However, I did see a death rattle of trying to rally for bringing back the island in a 1991 Falls Park master plan. Instead, this could be considered a cautionary tale whereby remembering this piece of our history we keep it alive and hope to prevent similar fates and keep other places from being eaten alive by misuse, neglect, and consumerism. Oh, and being overrun by drunkards and hobos. While starting my research at the Irene Hall Resource Center, immediately I was hit with my first question, as myself and the Siouxland Heritage Museum staff member pronounced the name Sini differently. I reached out on Instagram for education on how to pronounce Sini and got an official kick in the right direction when I was told by an Oxford alum that it was Sini. Seen as in 1881, George Sini endowed the construction of what is now Sini Hall at Oxford. I think I will be sticking with this pronunciation. Sioux Falls did not rise from the dirt in the middle of a desolate prairie. An ice age thousands of years ago created the cataract that would be our Sioux Falls. The Sioux Quartzite formed by braided river deposits and scattered around southwestern Minnesota, southeastern South Dakota, and northwestern Iowa. This combination of Sioux Quartzite, the Big Sioux River, and the beautiful falls was something to write home about, and the first European Americans to pass through the area would. And now, now people know. Historical markers for Philander Prescott, Fort Dakota, 
Dakota Conflict, the Amidon Affair, and 1851 Indian Treaty. Tell the story, we're going to skip over here. But to set the scene, let's take a peek at the Flandreau Colony historical marker. This marker has been displaced due to construction, as it currently sits in Kiwanis Park, which is alongside the Sioux Steel property, and suggests in 1869, a group of Dakota Native American families who left Niobrara, Nebraska looking for homestead land as a result of the Fort Laramie Treaty made camp at Seney Island on their way to settle in Flandreau. Fort Dakota closes in 1869 and our little town is growing. The remnants of Fort Dakota become homes to Dr. Josiah Phillips and his family and even R.F. Pettigrew ends up moving into the old officers quarters. Yes, Pettigrew finally starts becoming a part of the Sioux Falls timeline, and without him, Seney Island may have remained Brookings Island and could have possibly had a different result. But we're not here for shoulda, woulda, coulda. R.F. Pettigrew, intent for Sioux Falls to prosper, was a key player in getting the railroads to Sioux Falls. Getting the railroads to Sioux Falls is only one piece of the puzzle. We need something to fill up the railroad cars when they head out from Sioux Falls. We need a mill. George Seney, a banker from New York City, ends up being the owner of the land around the falls, such as the area that will be the Queen Bee Mill in the island. Seney Island is now called Seney Island. Opened in 1881 and closed two years later, the Queen Bee Mill is a blip. Seney Island is no blip. Seney Island becomes a spot of picnics, sports, concerts, canoeing, veteran get-togethers, suffragette speeches, church gatherings, and 4th of July celebrations. The deep, tangled wood of Seney Island is the perfect setting for festivities. An Argus Leader article highlights the idea of steamboats on the Big Sioux River during the era of the booming Sioux Falls Divorce Colony. Divorce Colony, don't get me started, we don't have time. Seney Island is depicted well on maps, including this 1882 map in Charles A. Smith's Minnehaha County History. An 1891 map shows Seney Island, nicknamed Picnic Grove. You can also see the island in relation to the quarry, Queen Bee Mill, and Drake Polishing Works. In 1892 and 1895, the Argus Leader has articles pertaining to stagnant water around Seney Island. Specifically, that in 1895, a lagoon between the island and the depot was drained by the city, only to have a large amount of trees die afterwards. While 100 trees may not seem like a huge number, you're thinking of the tree-filled Sioux Falls of today and not the prairie of the past where trees were few and far between. And in 1897, it's revealed that garbage is being dumped on and near the island. In 1907, a dam is built that diverts the water from Seney Island. The channel is filled in and ultimately, Seney Island is bought by the Milwaukee Ra Railroad. The island is no longer an island and we find in 1910 Sewers are being emptied on, are being emptied out just north of Seney Island. 1910 is a real banner year for Seney Island. Well, what's left of it? Yes, we've made it to this portion of the show. Guys, the hobos have arrived! <laughs> Dr. T.J. Billion describes in an Argus Leader article that tramps and hobos, at least 10 able-bodied men, have set up camp and live their day and night. 1914, seven more hobos are rounded up and it makes the news, police actively chasing off vagrants as well. Apparently an untold number of hobo-related tragedies on the island, and don't get me started on the illegal gambling. Filthy water, manure, and scum make a death breeding hole in an Argus Leader article from May 21, 1914. 
That certainly paints a picture of the island. The splendid view of the rushing cataracts has already been altered by quarrying Sioux Quartzite, but it's the stone that will build the infrastructure Sioux Falls needs. The law of equivalent exchange suggests in order to obtain or create something, something of equal value must be lost or destroyed. April 28, 1921, we see an article that refers to the island as a dumping ground. They've not paved paradise and put up a parking lot, not yet, and it's still being talked about to help save Sini Island. This always reminds me of the Save the Clock Tower campaign from Back to the Future. Marty McFly just does not show up in time to save Sini Island. February 1st, 1923, an Argus Leader article notes the History Club wants to preserve what is now left of Sini Island. August 7th, 1926, sees complaints of burning tires with the smoke rising from Sini Island. Minnehaha County history states an encampment was made on the north side of the heavily wooded Sini Island. It was just above the place where the waters of the Sioux plunged over a series of rock ledges to its channel 200 feet below. The grandeur of this view was indescribable until it had been profaned and ultimately destroyed by the wanton hand of avarice. The Milwaukee Railroad and Sioux Falls Power and Light would give way to, to pit salvage. After that, a huge environmental cleanup of the area that did help pave the way for Phillips to the Falls, which by the way is magical. If you're at least as old as me, you remember getting lost on the one winding way to the falls. It's important to note that there were movements to save the island. June 8, 1906, the island is to be a park, but a loophole prevents this. Minnehaha County history also suggests that in response to the, loss, to the loss of the island, and perhaps to assuage the feelings of letting a landmark slip through our fingers, this is what invigorates the wealthier citizens of the area to donate land to the city to be used for parks. It's not smooth sailing though. Lean Park will be the city of Sioux Falls' first park. A former mayor of Sioux Falls, B.H. Lean, would give the land for a park to the city to be named for his brother, Lieutenant Jonas Lean, who was killed in the Spanish-American War. But by 1925, we start to hear both the city sewage and sewage from Morrell Packing Plant have caused for the water to be such poor quality the park is unavailable. So even if Sini Island had been saved, it may not have been enough with the businesses surrounding it still adding to water pollution. In a reminiscence to the falls in an Argus leader on March 13, 1932, we're told our actions vandalize a beauty spot in Sioux Falls. Also completely unrelated, but the Sioux Falls Greenway Trail is something unheard of. Almost restored pristine miles along the Big Sioux River looping the city. This is an example of what we're doing right. Just wanted to fit that in before we hit the hard end. Reminder, I told you at the beginning that there's no happy ending, just a word of warning. We could do a mega happy ending where Sini Island is still there, covered in trees and natural flora and fauna, and we have a few bridges connecting it to the mainland, a little piece of adventure in the middle of our city. But today we live with the results of decades of use and abuse of the island just south of the falls on the west bank of the Big Sioux River. This island was both used and forgotten all at once, beloved and not far hard enough for. This is our reminder of how Sioux Falls is made more beautiful because of the Big Sioux River. This river has given us countless advantages as we've grown. It's the river. It's always been the river. The only way to keep going and flowing is to acknowledge the river and do what we can to both enjoy it, but protect it from exploitation and pollution. And that starts with us remembering Sini Island. We can go ahead and hold the applause here since uh, this is in podcast form. And there's one thing I want to expound upon um, as history 
seems to repeat itself. Here's a little bit more from the article referencing Sini Island becoming a park. So it was often talked about Sini Island should be a city park, but for various reasons, it just never happened. Well, then this one guy who owned like the land where the mill is, which also includes Sini Island, he said, if I can get rid of this land, you guys can just like have the island, but we somehow still don't get a park. Hmm. Here is part of that article. This is an Argus Leader, June 8th, 1906 article. There was also an interesting discussion over the Sini Island Park proposition, and it does not look as if the city would convert the island into a park. It had been announced right along that E.W. Cowran had tendered the island to the city for park purpose, free of charge. However, when the proposition was laid before the council meeting last evening, it was found that one condition of the bargain was that 28 acres of land belonging to the Queen Bee Mill property should be exempt from taxation, and that Mr. Cochran should have control of all privileges at the park. Kind of interesting. I wanted to make sure that the Sini pronunciation made sense to everybody. Um, I hope it came off okay in the in the talk but here's a little background to that well if you guys listen to this podcast you know I pronounce things the way I pronounce them in fact um uh, somebody did take umbrage with me in the way that I pronounce Illinois I I understand as Illinois but I happen to say Illinois I have a feeling I'm not going to get a lot of support on this and that's okay um but I do still say Illinois if I concentrate on it I will say Illinois Illinois Illinois. It's fine. I can do it, but I generally just say Illinois. So anyways, I was at, (laughs) so at the very beginning of this, I had only seen the word Sini or the name Sini written. I had read it in newspaper articles. I had read it on historical plaques, but I didn't know. I hadn't heard anybody say it out loud. So I just thought it was Seni. S-E-N-E-Y. Seni makes sense to me. I don't know. So I get to the Irene Hall Resource Center and Adam, who was working there and had compiled these, these items for me to go through, he's like, oh yeah, and over here is the table full of all the things for Sini Island. And I looked at him, I go, Sunny Island? He goes, Sini Island. Sunny? Sini? Sini. Sunny. Oh no. <laughs> so I knew right away that I had to find like an outside source to just like kick me in one direction or the other to decide how I was going to say it. And those who follow me on Instagram already know this from my story because I stood outside the Irene Hall Resource Center and I'm like, Sunny, 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 I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But anyhow, so I did reach out on Instagram and Brian from C. Woodcock and Co. He was the one that (laughs) was just like, no, it's, it's Sunny. I'm like, oh shoot. (laughs) So I was wrong, which isn't a huge surprise because like I said, I, I just pronounce things how I pronounce them, but I do try with items like this that are a little bit more important. I do try to look up and get an official uh, kick in the right direction. Oh, and then I guess just to end that, like, um, Adam was right all along. (laughs) Not Lou. Adam, Adam got Sini right off the bat. So it's kind of interesting. Like, I think this is the first like historical plaque that we've gone over 
and which works because this is a bonus episode anyway but I can definitely foresee doing more of the historical plaques because we have quite a few in Sioux Falls and all around I mean it doesn't have to just be Sioux Falls but it just happens to be that's where I'm a local (laughs) so it's kind of an easy place to start and I am still kind of super interested in the fact that I was able to find like a piece of a pamphlet from some sort of mailer or magazine or handout. I'm not 100% sure what it was, but it had a Sini Island historical plaque, like an artist rendering of one with no words on it, but it said Sini Island. And it's like, so I feel like the Minnehaha County Historical Society was planning one at some point. I just don't 100% know what happened in that process. I did reach out to Jim at the Minnehaha County Historical Society um, to kind of see if he had any information and he really didn't. So I'm kind of enamored with that fact and if you are in Sioux Falls, South Dakota and you do go down to the falls and Falls Park specifically and you find this historical plaque and you look over to the point of the river that they're talking about where Sini Island used to be. It is a dystopian looking environment right now because it's under construction. It won't look like that forever. It just does right now. Um, It's full of just industry and cranes and cement. There's a lot of cement going on. It's kind of fascinating to see the juxtaposition of the old pictures from the late 1800s and early 1900s against that background. And it is a little jarring. Now, once that construction's complete and it's a glittery glass building and pretty sparkly lights at night, I do feel like that is going to add something beautiful to um, parts of the skyline in Sioux Falls. So I don't mean it like it's a negative. I mean, Sini Island had been proposed to be a park a few times it never happened and even in 1991 when somebody was trying to like make it make it happen it still didn't happen so of course this land's going to be developed because it's prime real estate it's in a beautiful location it's in the part of downtown Sioux Falls that is growing um and so it has been lost to progress and so that just is what it is it's a missed opportunity that will remain a missed opportunity but I do, I do think that is definitely why it's more important to remember the history of Senior Island now since it doesn't exist anymore and it can't and it won't. So one more interesting thing before we go. This is such a bummer of an episode, guys. Sorry. I just, you know, the longer version of this talk because I had like a 15 minute version that I was kind of like contemplating making like a YouTube video for, but I don't really do the YouTube. I don't know. I don't know. So many possibilities. The longer version of this talk goes a lot more into some of the smaller details of like the beginnings and like why it was called Brookings Island and a little bit about W.W. Brookings, who is just kind of like the Job of the beginning of Sioux Falls. I don't know. That's probably just my opinion, but I just think he had a couple funny things. I mean, tragic, tragic things. (laughs) but kind of funny things happened to him along the way and and yet had a good life like I mean he had an interesting life at least interesting is probably better than good I mean who am I to judge I have no idea it just seems like he did do cool things and accomplish cool things but also like some really weird stuff happened to him so so yeah that was that was one part that got cut out um definitely um some of the historical markers that like local Lou has already covered like Felina Prescott in 1851 Indian Treaty and Affair things like that. You guys already know that history from listening to those episodes, or if you haven't listened to them yet, go back and listen to them. It really paints the picture of what Sioux Falls is like during this time of beginning. I'm coming at you from 
a different place today. I'm inside of a little soundproof felt covered phone booth. It's a little tiny room. <laughs> it's a, a little stand up padded cell. <laughs> I'm down at Startup Sioux Falls actually. I'm down at Startup Sioux Falls which is a, a cool spot that local Lou happens to have a a hot desk at so I pop in here from time to time and do a little bit of work but wanted to get a little bit of loose stuff done this morning so headed over to Startup Sioux Falls and popped into the phone booth to record this episode <laughs> and I don't know maybe we like it do we like this audio I've never really this makes me sound like a bad podcaster but I've never really focused a ton on the audio I'm just a pretty bare bones person but you know maybe we like this um maybe maybe I do this here now I don't know but yeah I guess local Lou is you know I did something outside of my comfort zone which is talking to a bigger crowd um I've done a couple smaller crowds um but this was a big crowd and so I guess this is officially officially in the local Lou wheelhouse to talk in front of big crowds so you know if you if you want a little history story at your event you let me know we could probably work something out. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for a bonus episode of Local Lou, where I basically made you listen to my talk. <laughs> you guys are the best. I really appreciate all the support. I'm a little bit on the Facebook, just to touch occasionally from time to time. But um, if you're looking for actual happenings of Local Lou, that's on Instagram. I understand not everybody's on Instagram. So it is what it is, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> I have developed some fun little stickers and maybe like a little packet. I don't know. And I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do with that. If I'm going to have that at like some local shops downtown or if it can be something that you guys could get online. I really I haven't figured it out yet. I'll probably ask uh, people on my Instagram stories what I should do with it because they're they're pretty good about kicking me in the right direction. Thank you guys so much for listening today and for stopping by. Have a great, wonderful day, guys, and catch you next time on the Local Lou Podcast.